Welcome to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. Very excited today because we have a CMO. We have Declan Mulkeen. ABM is his thing. He's the host of Let's Talk ABM podcast. He's also the CMO of ABM Agencies, Strategic ABM. And he's here to talk about marketing and sales with us. He likes to spread the word about account-based marketing and what good looks like. And he also works very closely with the sales team there. Declan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you for having me on the show. Fantastic. Great you could be here. Now, I want to talk about ABM, um, and this might sound a bit strange to any marketers listening. Obviously, I'm a, in sales. I changed jobs two years ago, so worked for 13 years selling traditional advertising events, and suddenly I decided to join a company selling a MarTech tool to locations. And the words ABM, I didn't know what, well, I didn't know what the acronym stood for, account-based marketing. So you're not probably not going to believe this, Declan. Um, Suddenly having to work with clients, with prospects and help them with their account-based marketing. Do you want to tell us sort of first off a little bit more about ABM and also, you know, what you wish you'd have known about sales and marketing when you started out? So ABM, for those on the on the uh, on the show who who aren't that familiar, obviously ABM stands for account based marketing. Some people think it's been a relatively recent occurrence in the last four or five years, um, but it's actually been around for actually twenty years now. I can give you a very quick potted history that um, the, it all started about twenty years ago, two thousand two. Actually, there was a, a lunch or a dinner where a lady called Beth Burgess was meeting some marketers from Accenture and from Unisys, I think it was the other company, and they were talking to about something that they'd come up with called client-centric marketing and they were explaining how they were going to be approaching clients and and dedicating resources um, very solely and exclusively on each client and this was a very new thing back then Um, and so she kind of took that idea that concept and kind of built it out and built the methodology and from there she devised ABM and account-based marketing so uh, Bev is Bev is actually the kind of the the founder of that kind of theme and the person who kind of coined the phrase and um, and since then it's obviously grown and grown particularly obviously started out being more around focusing on customer growth but obviously now it's obviously now full suite in terms of you know winning new logos growing existing customers uh, changing perceptions etc and obviously the technology as you mentioned at the beginning of the show Charlotte the, the technology has come on leaps and bounds and um, there are so many ABM technology solutions and solutions that aid ABM that a lot of people think that ABM is all about technology but uh, we could talk about that a bit later but um, that's a little bit about the potted history of ABM and I think just to kind of give it a, a very short definition I think account-based marketing is a way of of looking at the, the accounts that matter most to you and these can be accounts that are existing customers or can be accounts that you wish to win and and basically doing the possible and the impossible to win them or to grow them or to retain them that's kind of how i see account-based marketing and your second question was regarding sales and marketing right charlotte correct so what do you wish that you'd have known about sales and marketing when you started out Oof. well i started off in sales yeah it's a long time ago now so I started off in sales and, and I started off actually in running sales teams and, and account managers etc etc and then I moved into heading up both sales and marketing and now also do exclusively marketing what did I wish I'd known about sales and marketing I suppose I think I'd wish I'd known the importance of, of them working closely together and I think you know some people say you know sales is from Venus and marketing is from Mars or, or whichever planet you wish to choose and that lack of that lack of understanding and that lack of alignment I think is something that's been plagued plaguing sales and marketing for so many years and operating in silos forced on by by the organizations and actually by them by their by their own leaders so I think knowing the importance of sales and marketing alignment 
a lot earlier on is would have been something well worth knowing can i dig a little deeper into the abm because i think it's uh, amazing to have uh so much knowledge and i think uh, for a lot of our listeners some will be doing it some may have never heard of it i guess the first thing is what's the the benefits is it do you see is it better conversion is it increasing the yields is it just you know that really targeted thing and then for anyone looking any marketers or even sales how to get started okay so in terms of the benefits you know, I think what the, the I think the important message is that account-based marketing um, it isn't a substitute for other things and other strategies that you're already doing. We we get very wary as, a, as an ABM agency if if we're talking to a potential customer and they they want to invest all their eggs in one basket, so to speak, with account-based marketing. We get a little bit wary of that because it's the companies that do best at marketing are those that that um, that apply um, you know all strategies in terms of you know demand generation, brand, product marketing, field marketing, and ABM is an addition to all of those and not a substitute so i think that's number one i think yeah. number two i think that account-based marketing what can it deliver i think if you think about it as a way of you know everyone looks at their market their total addressable market and which is which can be significant depending on the industry you're in and the service or the product you're selling um but you you, you know you can't focus well enough on that total market because it's just too large so yeah. you have to ask yourself a question with the limited resources that you have be it money be it people be it time how do you focus that to get the most back and the way that i like to talk about account-based marketing i like to talk about it as being a zero waste marketing approach because you're focusing your marketing dollars on a select number of accounts. Now, in some cases, with the kind of large companies who do account-based marketing, if you think about the likes of Oracle and IBM and, and Fujitsu and Google, they might be focusing on you know quite a small number of accounts, really, because each one of their accounts is very large for them. So they might be working on you know, 50, 100, 200 accounts as a maximum across their whole global organization. So they need to you know they need to get make sure that the investment they're making is going to pay back um so i think thinking about it in that way and i think the return that you get obviously a you get focus b yeah. you get you get a higher return because if you're investing your money on a select number of accounts you've got a higher you know rate um, of actually getting the results you want. What you then see, the, the knock-on effect you see is in terms of the um, the deeper relationships that you build, which last far longer than any other marketing activity. The reputation that you build within those organizations enhances your reputation, enhances your credibility, enhances your trust within those organizations, which has a significant knock-on effect then when it comes to revenue. And then from a revenue point of view, you see you know higher win rates, higher conversion rates, uh, larger deal sizes, quicker deal velocity. So every, if you think about the fact if you're focusing everything you're doing, then naturally you will see things moving quicker. Now, that doesn't mean they move quicker at the beginning because ABM takes some time to get set up. But the knock-on effect once everything is up and running is that you will start to see bigger deals, quicker deals, higher average order values, and obviously then the knock-on effect on, on greater reputation and greater relationships within those accounts. Great. And is it something you can easily scale? Because, you know, I assume it's very targeted, it's quite personalised. Well, there are two, yeah, I mean, going back to what I mentioned earlier about technology, what technology has changed from an ABM point of view, or indeed any marketing point of view, is the ability to scale. 
ABM in its essence, in its purest form, if you like, is much more focused on the two types of ABM, which are known as one-to-one ABM and one-to-few ABM. One-to-one ABM, as the name suggests, is focusing on one account and and getting very, very deep into that account through the very detailed insights work you do, very detailed personalization, very detailed value proposition for that account, et cetera, et cetera. And all the kind of, you know, the decision-making groups that you build and the people you learn to build relationships with. When you expand out from one-to-one to 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 one-to-few, that's typically you're targeting, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 accounts and you're applying a higher level of personalization to them. When you scale, which can be done using technology, then the personalization is reduced significantly. There are yeah. tools out there to personalize the web experience. There are tools to personalize on, on various, you know, IP. There are tools that can look up, you know, in your CRM to see if the person visiting your um, your website is in your CRM, etc. So there are there are a whole bunch of tools that you can do to personalize. But when you get down to one to many, there are aspects of ABM in terms of the methodology you use. But it's 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 one to many ABM and demand generation are quite close cousins, really, when it comes to that angle wow okay awesome this so we're getting an abm masterclass here this is really useful <laughs> thank you i think also how's it so in terms of like you you mentioned earlier needs to be closely aligned with sales i mean that's what we're all about so really good to hear that it's probably music to a lot of sales people's ears you know being able to work closely with your marketing which i assume you need to almost selecting and choosing the targets that, that you may go for. When, when you work with companies, you know, how is that in the relationship with sales? They sit down together and, and select who, who you're going for? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the problem with many organizations is that um, the, the way that they, they decide who to work with and who to target can be, you know, very kind of hit and miss, really. It can be that the board or the, the private equity firm have a, have a hit list of, of accounts. It could be that the CEO um, likes the look of a certain logo and he, and, and he or she wants to go and get them. Very often, there's not an awful lot of science involved in the, in the selection of accounts. Uh, what we try to do in, in, with ABM is, is use data to inform the account selection. And part of that data is is the voice of the sales team. And without the voice of the sales team, you can't build an effective account list, an account target list. So what we tend to do is obviously, you know, use data in terms of first-party data from the organization, use third-party data, for example, using intent data tools to look at uh, the level of, of intent that is being shown in the market by different accounts, and then combining that with what, what, what we like to call human data, which is very in-depth interviews with sales professionals, VPs of sales, and their sales teams and their account management teams to understand what they know about the market, what they know about the existing customers, what they know about the prospects that they're looking to win. And by pooling all that data together, you can actually build a very effective um, account list. And then you can tier it, you can prioritize it, and then you can deploy the relevant ABM program to each tier. So you might decide that you've got five accounts that are existing customers that you could you wish to build you know, deeper, deeper, deeper relationships with. Uh, and so therefore, that'd be a one-to-one approach. You may well have you know, 15 accounts in a fintech sector that you've got two existing customers and you you've got and the data shows that you can actually build that list out more so you, you then run a one to few into that fintech audience and then you might have a wider audience for your solutions that could be you know general you know banking and finance and then you could run a one to many into that wider audience to kind of you know build some awareness build some brand get them get them understanding some of the issues that they're facing and the the fact that you may have a solution so you can actually build a, a kind of a, a much more targeted approach to actually you know for, for want of a better word, to have your cake and eat it. 
Brilliant. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I want to go back to the point where you talk about sort of the deal velocity and the win rates. So what I find particularly challenges, I'm selling to locations like um, so development agencies, Montreal, Surprise, Arizona, Charleston, Ohio. And their objective is to bring in companies that will create jobs. So they might be looking for an Amazon. They might be looking for a DHL. They might be looking for a sort of mid-sized, smaller business. They've never, ever done anything like ABM. So what I'm seeing is they get quite impatient. So they might work with us for 12 months. Then, you know, we create content. We put together an ABM list for them. We target with first-party data those particular accounts. But what I see is they've never had any significant marketing in the beginning, So everything they've done has been purely sales lead generation, you know, outsourcing to sales consulting firms because the time for them to convert a lead, so let's say they have relationships with Amazon, DHL, but they haven't decided yet to put their project and create jobs or open an office or facility in their location. It's a very, very long process. So, you know, we say to them, you're getting in front of these accounts, you're targeting them with your content much faster than what you would um, if you do nothing. So it's interesting sort of when you say sort of higher win rates, quicker deal velocity. I think that depends on, you know, if you're with if you're working with a corporate, it's different. And the way that they sort of qualify their leads is different as well. What I'm seeing is it's quite a challenge to get locations to understand the, the ABM process. So I think you, you, you put through some good points there. Mm. And sort of talking, you talked about sort of sales having a very strong relationship and you know pooling data so that sales can put to help put together those lists the abm lists how would you say that sort of going a bit further sales and marketing could be better aligned declan well how does how, how to align sales and marketing well i think the i think the key thing actually um and it goes back a little to the to the foundation of account-based marketing back in 20 2002 2003 beth burgess who obviously coined the phrase she uh, she was on, she was a guest actually on, on my podcast. Let's talk ABM, and, he, and she said that in hindsight, maybe she shouldn't have called it account-based marketing because the M is somewhat not as unifying as as the as the actual methodology is. And yeah. so, very often we we talk about it as being an account-based strategy rather than being an account-based marketing strategy because actually it's far bigger than marketing. And I think the problem is, you know, very often going back to what I mentioned before about you know, different teams being siloed is that, you know, salespeople go, oh, no, not not another bloody marketing initiative, right? And I think because marketing, you know, we love to do these things. We love to show what we're doing. We love to think that we're going to have a great impact. And salespeople who are are great professionals who know what they're doing, they're saying, well, look, I'm really busy. I've got some deals I'm trying to close. You know, try to give me what I need as opposed to what you think I need. And I think the, the, the thing about ABM is it's a great unifier because it unifies everyone around accounts. And accounts is the language of sales. So I think just from starting off by talking about accounts, that will get salespeople on your side. By showing the by getting salespeople to share their knowledge and have that knowledge being fed into the ideal customer profile work to be shared and and, and added to the account selection work for their voice to be heard through the value proposition work, etc., um, etc. Et uh, I think that actually helps sales to come on board and then for marketers to work really closely and to over communicate 
communicate, which I think is a really important thing with sales because sales are incredibly busy. So to over-communicate what you're doing, to share in multiple channels, whether it be email, Slack, uh, webinars, internal webinars, etc., etc., And then to make life as easy as you can for your sales colleagues by producing. We tend to, for our clients, we, we tend to produce ABM playbooks and these are then given to their sales team so their sales teams know exactly what is work, what is happening, what the account project looks like, uh, what assets will be sent where and when, um, how the uh, contacts are being created and developed within those accounts, how the conversations are progressing, when they when they are required to to take part and to join in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So just trying to actually think about it, you know, much more as a team effort. And I think you know because ABM it, it's sales. It's marketing, it's customer success, it's account management. Yeah. It's also the C-suite. I mean, very often we have lots of, the, lots of the kind of initial meetings we have with potential clients. The CEO's involved, the COO's involved, the CFO's involved because they, they all realize that ABM can significantly, you know, move the dial um, on their plans. And also, you know, focusing on accounts is also leading directly to actually aligning with what the business is trying to achieve, right? So yeah. it, it aligns much more with business outcomes as opposed to marketing outcomes. Yeah, that's great. Do you, I mean, do you find that you still need to educate people? I mean, is it is it well known, particularly when you talk about, you know, senior and, and board level? Or is there a good understanding? I think there's a lot of education required still because I think there's an awful lot of myths and misconceptions that are taking that are actually being said about ABM. And um, I did a presentation recently for another event around account-based engagement, and I came up with these kind of ten myths and misconceptions of ABM, and um, and that went down very well because a lot of people are are talking about you know is that like that old adage everyone everyone's talking about it but nobody's doing it right yeah. and and that's sometimes the case with account-based marketing that you know when we interview people they say yeah we're doing account-based marketing and we say okay well, well what are you doing and we say well we're doing some linkedin ads and i say oh great that's a tactic that's not yeah. based marketing and i say well okay well we're doing direct mail we're sending we're sending coffee vouchers to get meetings <laughs> and i say well that's great yeah, but that's great, but that's not account-based marketing. So a lot of people talk about some of the tactics that may or may not form part of an account-based strategy, but they're not actually talking about the much deeper, deeper, almost like a philosophical change in what you're doing, which is what account-based marketing is, which is focusing deeply on the accounts, focusing deeply on doing the research into those accounts, doing in-depth yeah. insights and research into those accounts, building out very, very deep relationships with those decision makers, influencers, board members of those accounts, and then personalizing your message and building what we call an account experience, which is a kind of a, you know a, a, an A to Z journey that we take an account on for them to understand the issues and potentially see you know client a or client b as being a solution to those challenges and then, and then once you've you've picked them you talked on the research how does that differ from from you know general marketing I'm, i assume it's a bit more detailed what kind of things are you looking at you know are you identifying different stakeholders and the people you may be approaching yeah i mean it, it goes it, it, it depends because obviously it depends which type of program we're talking about if we're talking about one-to-one -one abm which is obviously focusing on one account then you're going very very deep and typically you know we do this on behalf of our customers and our, and our clients and you know you, you you're looking at the kind of macro issues that are affecting the, the industry that they're in the country that they're in 
in, you're looking at the issues that are affecting the sub-industry that they're in, you're looking at their individual departments that they are looking to target, you're looking at the individuals within that, uh, the executives that you're looking to build relationships. So you can think about it from a very macro level down to a micro level of getting deep, deep insights on yeah. to the company, the industry they're in. Because what you're, what, you're, what you're looking to try to achieve, if, if, you know, if, if, say, for example, you're trying to sell into a fintech company, let's say, for example, PayPal, right? Then, you know, you need to, you need to understand PayPal better than PayPal understands itself. Hmm. And that, that's a challenge, but it can be done. And so, you know, we commission insights reports. We, we create them ourselves. We've got teams of experts who can actually go away and do the deep research. And, we, and that, that will then help a customer to actually find, for want of a better word, an in into that account. And that could be because we've identified a certain department that has an issue or a challenge that the solution that our customer has can, can solve. Or it could well be that there's, there's something coming downstream that PayPal may not be 100% aware of, but it's something that could you know, seismically change their horizon. So if you can make them aware of that and, and show them what you know, a future looks like after the horizon. So it's, it's you know, it, it goes you know, a lot d- deeper than... than inverted commas normal marketing I think is, is, is the word really yeah. but then if you, I suppose if you're, doing, if you're doing it in a one to few where you're targeting a, an industry or a vertical or companies that are experiencing the same challenge or issue then you, could, you do it much more at the industry level as opposed to what the, the, the one to one explained earlier so you're looking at the industry trends what's happening at that level you're looking at what's, what's impacting them coming down the line you, know, you can imagine four or five six years ago with Brexit uh, what would be happening to the UK finance industry for example about how that would change their, their relationship with Europe for example and how they'd have to change there all their um you know a lot of the laws that would be impacting them so there, it, it, there's a lot of insight work that can be done and that that then feeds into the campaign it feeds into the messaging it feeds into your content strategy it feeds into your account experience it feeds into everything great i've learned a lot in this episode and i feel like we've got so many more questions to to ask you declan and i know you're wearing your t-shirt today because you thought this was a video so <laughs> when we <laughs> When we go on video, we'll definitely have you back and we want to see the T-shirt. So to round up now, we ask everyone that comes on our podcast to come up with one killer takeaway tip for our audience to leave and think about. What's yours? One killer takeaway for the audience. I think to think about account-based marketing as not being a marketing strategy, I think is really important. And to think about it as being an organization-wide strategy for you to help, for help you rather win, grow, and retain your most important accounts. Think about it as being a team effort across sales, marketing, customer success, and indeed your C-suite. And think about it as being something that will change how you operate the moment you put it in place. Fantastic. I love that. Tell us, Declan, where can people find you? On LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. I think there's two Declan Mulkeens on LinkedIn. There's me and there's a doctor. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not I'm not the doctor. So so um, have have a look on LinkedIn, and I publish a lot about account based marketing. I publish a lot about brand. I publish a lot about um, the view from my house here in Madrid. So uh, take a look on LinkedIn and and drop me a drop me a, a message, and I'll be delighted to um, to share some more insights on account based marketing. Brilliant, fantastic! Thanks for coming on, Declan. It was a great show. Yeah, thanks Th- very much. Thanks, guys. All the best.